Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm already excited for you. You picked a great day to be here. God not only loves you, but he has some wonderful things that are going to encourage you today. It's just going to help you. If it, wherever you are, at a campus, at 12 Stone Home, online, if you're hanging with somebody, just look over at someone and say, this is going to help you. Just tell them. Just do it with some passion. And maybe you need to look back and say, and you need help. That's okay. Just tell, you, need a little, you need a little bit of help. Today we're going to talk about pressure. Ah, <laughs> oh, say it with me. What's the word, everybody? Pressure. And let me set it up in, in, in a, through a familiar story, maybe in a way that you've never understood the significance of this story at its, its kind of meta level. It's a familiar story from Daniel chapter 6. Now, King Darius was the king of the Babylonian Empire, third king. They had conquered Judah and Jerusalem. They had exiled people uh, to Babylon like Daniel. And one day, the king decrees. Over the next 30 days, decreed throughout the empire, everyone from my government to citizens to conquered subjects must pray, must what everybody? Pray to the king. And only the king for the next 30 days. You don't pray to anybody else. Don't pray to your God, whoever. Now, this seems odd to us, but in the day, polytheistic, meaning they believed in many gods. When you conquered uh, another territory or group or kingdom of people, you would, you would tend to say, now you got to pray to the king. He is the vessel of the greatest of gods, and you should acknowledge it. And it wasn't complicated for others. They were just kind of trying to build allegiance, loyalty, and alignment. Now, it would be difficult if you believed in the one true God like Daniel. But watch what happens in less than 30 days. In less than 30 days, the king wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, fear and reverence to the God of Daniel. That is, do not pray to me. You see this? Do, do, do not pray to me, for he, Daniel's God, is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. Wow. How on earth do you get that kind of a shift? Pray to me. Don't pray to me. How, do you, how does a king of that much power and capacity make such a dramatic shift? What produces that? So that now he prays only to the God of Daniel. He tells a whole entire nation, and you join in this. How does that occur so quickly? Well, the answer, Daniel. And the way Daniel handled pressure. The way he handled what? Pressure. Daniel of Daniel and the Lion's Den fame. And Daniel, as some of us know, was thrown into the Lion's Den. That's pressure. And we think the big end of the story 
kind of been taught my whole life, oh, the big end of the story is that God shut the mouth of lions. And that is awesome. But what if the real big end of the story is that, that God transformed a king? It's this spiritual end we just read. What if that's the big end, that God transformed the king and who he knew to be king and who he prayed to and impacted an entire empire? What if that's the big story? So I, I, I'm kind of, I, I wrote it this way in my notes for you. What if, and what if the Holy Spirit is stirring this? What, what, if, what if one of the major ways God reveals himself to the world is by the way you handle pressure. Your testimony. What if it's less about the lions and more about God's power in you, God's peace in you? So that how you handle pressure is a really big deal. How many of us are under pressure somewhere in our lives right now. Just you have pressure anywhere in your life. I don't know how your hand couldn't be up. In fact, sometimes we feel like a can of tuna in a vice. That might not be your picture, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, that's what pressure does, you're in a vice. And I tried to think, what's a fun thing to put in a vice? Don't you wonder how many times you could turn this vice until something comes out? You go ahead and imagine how many times can I turn this before something comes out? And what's happening is it's constant pressure. And we have pressure. We have pressure in family and the vice tightens. When kids are younger, they tax us. Physically, when kids get older, they tax us emotionally. They always tax us financially. And financial, how about the inflation? How about the cost of gas and the cost of food and the ever-tightening pressure? And how about the uncertainty of the market? And if you have a 401k like me, you're not looking if you're in cryptocurrency, sorry about that. And the cost of life and the cost of living and the pressure just keeps turning. And what about this nation and the lost values and crazy town thinking and the infighting and just the constant conflict? And what about what's going on? Globally, and the wars, and the instability, and what about even your own calendar, and time pressures, and getting stuff done, and if you're single, how do you date, and who do you ask, and how do you go deep in that relationship, and should you marry, and who do you marry, and how do you pick, and if you're married, it's just difficult. It's funny, because as a pastor, I listen to people, and singles want to be married, and marries want to be single. You ought to talk to each other. <laughs> and then you got personal pressures, and they just crank down on you. Those personal pressures are like, is this thing ever going to, huh? <laughs> Don't you wonder? Because it's all getting bent out of shape. It's getting what? 
bent out of shape. In fact, that's what pressure does to us. And you got all these internal person, personal pressures that build up and addiction and temptation and escape and anxiety and worry. And you got all these work pressures, coworkers and boss and P&L reports and employees and management and supply chain issues. And the longer you... I'm starting to get a little nervous. I, uh, how long can that... Th and you just wonder, how long can I be under pressure before something, right? Before something... Something what? Leaks. Because here's what we know. Pressure is such a thing that you get bent out of shape and eventually things leak all over everyone. And your family issues and pressures leak all over work and work into family and church and community and nation and everywhere. And we live under this tremendous pressure. And it begs a couple of questions. Well, at least this one. How do you live well under pressure? The Holy Spirit will teach us, if you have the ears for it, how to live well under pressure. Daniel lived under pressure, just like you and I. He's a tuna in a vice. Bent out of shape, just like the rest of us. How do you live under pressure? We're all in this. But not just how do you survive, how do you exist, but how do you live well? Because you can't help but get bent out of shape. So how do you live well under pressure? And, and here's the answer the Holy Spirit would tell us. Here's what Daniel would teach us. Always pray and don't give up. Everybody read it with me. What? Always pray and don't give up. Do it again so I can hear you. Always pray and don't give up. And now with conviction. Always pray and don't give up. Really? That's, that's where we're going to go? Always pray and don't give up? Like, who would have thought prayer could be that powerful and practical? And maybe that's what God has for you today. Like, you're not going to escape pressure. You're going to get bent out of shape. What you need to discover is how do you live well under pressure? When the vice keeps turning, and it does and will, how do you live well under pressure, constant pressure? Listen, what do you do constantly while pressure is constant? Always pray and never give up. Huh. It's that powerful and that practical. Because God has invited us into an intimacy with him. That prayer is the practice of dependence on God. Because you don't control the vice. It's practicing dependence on God in a world that lives independent of God. Even an independent spirit. Even a passive distance. A disengagement. And prayer is relational. It's talking to God as normal as you talk to your best friend. That's why those of us under the New Covenant, the New Testament, since the work of Christ, we refer to God the Father. This is what Jesus, God the Father, Jesus, God's Son, 
who is our Savior and friend, the Holy Spirit, our counselor, our present indwelling counselor, which is interesting, all of the language the scripture gives us about God is relational. Have you noticed that? It's all dynamically relational. It's the expression of this intimacy with the living God so that you would be in dialogue and conversation and engagement with God as a normal part of your life. Prayer is how you sit in communion with God. So how do you handle pressure? How do you live well under pressure? Always pray and never give up. And if you didn't know this, welcome to a revolution that will transform the way you do life in the vice. And that brings us to the story of Daniel. So that is the next story in the Jesus Storybook Bible that we have been walking through. Let's put it on the screen. Let's read it together. Things were not looking good for God's people. They had been captured and taken far from home, and now they were slaves of the king of Babylon. But God had not left his people. He was with them, and he was looking after them. Daniel loved God and obeyed him, but God made Daniel able to understand lots of difficult things. So it wasn't long before the king of Babylon noticed him. King Darius liked how clever Daniel was. So he made Daniel his most important helper of all and put him in charge of lots of other helpers. But the other helpers didn't like this. They wanted the king to like them best. They wanted to get rid of Daniel. So they spied on Daniel. They tried to find things wrong with Daniel. Things they could tell the king. Things they could, but there weren't any. None. Couldn't find anything at all. Except there was this, just the one thing every day, three times a day, without fail, no matter what, Daniel went to his room, closed the door, and prayed. They smiled to themselves. Let's get the king to make a law. No one is allowed to pray to anyone except to the king. Daniel won't obey this law and he will be punished. They were pleased with themselves for being so clever and hurried off to tell the king. The king liked their idea. He didn't know they were tricking him, so he made it into a law. Everyone must pray only to me. If you don't, the lions will have you for their dinner. Daniel heard this. He knew it was wrong to pray to anyone except God. He had to do what God said, whatever it cost him, even if it meant he would die. So Daniel went to his room, closed the door, and prayed. <sighs> that's just what the bad, oh, that's just what the bad men knew Daniel would do. They skipped straight off to the, tell the king, oh, your most glittering highness, your law says, does it not, that everyone must pray to you alone, sire. Yes, said the king. Oh, magisterial brightness, then correct us if we are wrong. But it would seem that Daniel is praying to God, not to you. The king was sad. He'd been tricked. He, he didn't want to hurt Daniel, but he couldn't change his law. And so he let the soldiers throw Daniel to the lions. May your God, who you love so much, rescue you, the king said. The king went back to his palace, but he didn't sleep that night. Not a wink. He tossed and turned until finally, at the first glimmer of dawn, he leaped out of the bed and ran straight to the den. Daniel, he cried, has your God rescued you? Yes, Daniel shouted, yes. God sent an angel to close the lion's mouths. Pressure in the vice. By the way, just for clarity's sake, all the children's books, for the most part, make Daniel a young man. Daniel, you see this right here? Just above my lip. What color is that? 
gray. It's God's color. <laughs> Daniel was gray. He was probably 80 years old when he was thrown into the lion's den. And it's curious, Daniel knew something about prayer that we should know. Why pray? Always pray and never give up. We only have time for three things. Let's put them on the screen. You might want to jot it down, take pictures, take notes, whatever you got to get so that you get this in your head and heart. Here's number one. Prayer was not the big risk. Prayerlessness was the big risk. Hang on. You got to look at that again. Prayer was not the big risk. For Daniel, prayer was not the big risk. It looked like, man, don't pray. That's a big no. Prayerlessness was the big risk. Now, Daniel heard the decree, and when he heard the decree that nobody should pray other than to the king, he's like, oh, I better go pray about that. Like, if you were his friend, you say, no, Daniel, you don't go pray about it. This is the time where you skip your prayers for a month. Pray in your head, God knows. But don't go to that room three times a day and pray. They're watching for you. They're, they're, this is a setup. This is your big risk. And yet for Daniel, the big risk, prayerlessness. Look what he did. Now, when Daniel knew that he, the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued. He what? Continued. This isn't the first time. This was the habit of his life, a life under pressure. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times. How many times? Three times a day, praying and giving thanks. Look, he's kneeling. He's giving thanks, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. In other words, nothing changed. Listen, he didn't start praying under pressure, though that's a good time to pray. He was praying because he knew life was always under pressure. Why? Here's why. Because he had already lost everything to prayerlessness. It's not immediately obvious. Why was the big risk prayerlessness? Because Daniel lost everything due to prayerlessness. It'll take me a moment to get you through this, but it's worth the payoff. Let's go back in history. Daniel was about, let's call it 600 B.C. So now we're going to go back in history. Around 1300 B.C., Moses, by God's hand, releases the Israelites out of the oppression of Egypt. So for six to seven hundred years, they are free. And there is a cycle that Israel lived that they repeated again and again. Let's put the cycle on the screen. Rise and stumble and fall. Rise and stumble and fall. Say it with me. Rise and stumble and fall. Again, rise and stumble and fall. And now so everybody else can hear you, rise and stumble and fall. This was their normal pattern. They would rise up under the favor of God. They would stumble into drifting, and then they would fall away, and then they would repent because of the loss and return to God, and then repeat, rise, stumble, and fall. Let me lay it out this way. Maybe we just kind of give you a detailed picture. They would rise. In other words, when they were rising, they loved God and embraced his wisdom. They were blessed by God in his wisdom. God gave them peace within, power to provide, strengthening their relationships, giving them success and favor in their work, and, and, and giving them freedom among their enemies so that they were conquerors. And then 
Over a period of time, they would begin to stumble, meaning the pressures of life and blessing. And there are pressures in life, and there are pressures that come with God's blessing and success. In other words, you start feeling good about yourself and good about life. You're like freed up, like, oh man, I have less pressure than I had. And they loved God less and abandoned his wisdom. So now they began to drift to thinking, well, I'm the source of my good. I made this happen. You know what? I'm not sure that all those God's laws from our generations before really matter. Let's just slightly adjusted to the way I think and the way I prefer. In fact, I probably have a better way than God's way. And then fall the pressures of life and losing. And so they would fall to another nation. They would lose. Their relationships would fall apart. Their finances would fall apart. The economy would fall apart. They would fall to another nation. They would suffer greatly. See, when they stumble into prayerlessness, they lost huge Let me help you understand. Last week, Pastor Jason taught from Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. The prophets showed up during the season of stumble. See, the prophets would show up and say, hang on, warning, warning, warning. You are about to drive off the cliff. You are confused. All these good gracious, kind blessings of God are from his hand because you pray and seek him and depend on him. You're becoming independent. You're stumbling into sin. You're acting like you can rewrite and live by your own wisdom. No warning, warning, warning. The prophets show up during the season of stumbling so that you would, you turn and go back to God's wisdom and prayer. After many cycles of this, The generations of head of Daniel continued from stumble into fall. They didn't heed the warning. Daniel was born around 625 to 620-ish, somewhere in there, B.C. About 15 years-ish later, Babylon conquered Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, Daniel lost everything. He was exiled. He lost his family, his family name, his family comfort, his dreams for the future. Every terrifying, unfortunate loss that could have come came to Daniel. And he had to serve for the rest of his life foreign kings who destroyed his family and his home. See, prayerlessness cost Daniel everything. It was in the midst of loss that Daniel learned to pray. Leave that on the screen for me for a moment. And I want you to listen to Daniel and his prayer. It's from Daniel 9. He looks back on what's happened. I pray to you. Just In fact, would you bow your heads wherever you are? Just Would you bow your heads and listen to the prayer? I don't want it on the screen. I just want you to listen. I pray to the Lord my God and confess, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We've not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke to your, in your name, to our kings, to our princes, our ancestors and to all the people of the land. Therefore, therefore the curses, 
that were sworn judgments that have been written have poured out on us because we have sinned against you. Under the whole heaven, nothing has been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Now, our God, hear the prayers, hear the prayers, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. Amen. Listen, Daniel lost everything because the generation before him was prayerless. The great risk in your life is prayerlessness. He learned to pray out of loss. I might even say in my life, I learned to pray out of loss. I won't make it dramatic. It's not as bad as Daniel, but family growing up and family breaking down and the divorce and my dad and two older brothers moving out as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old and single mom after that. My younger sister, it was just, I hated life. It was just all loss. It was out of loss that I learned to pray. I have hoped that my kids would learn how to pray out of blessing. I don't know what generation you come from, but if you come from a generation where the parents and the family ahead of you and where you were raised were far from God, well, then out of that loss, you can learn to pray. If you've come out of a family of blessing of people who have sought God, then I pray you learn how to pray. But whatever the case, Daniel would tell us prayerlessness is costly. You ready? So what are you risking with a prayerless life? All right. Always pray, never give up. Second reason. Prayer was not an added pressure. It was the release of pressure. This is, this, you sit in his story. Prayer was not an added pressure. It was the release of pressure. Huh. See, many of us, the moment we start talking about prayer, we're like, oh, prayer. So what you're going to do is add pressure to an already pressure-filled life. Look, I am already bent out of shape. I'm already beyond the calendar I can manage. It's not like I'm saying, give me something to do. I'm right here. And I don't know, at some point, things are just going to come spewing out. You're adding pressure by encouraging me to spend time in prayer. Daniel would say, no, no, no. Uh, Praying does not add to pressure. It's how you relieve pressure. Huh. See, Daniel was under pressure, by the way. He worked for a king that if his boss didn't like him, he just cut his head off. I don't know how bad things are for you at work, but (laughs) probably not that bad. His co-workers despised him. He was under horrific scrutiny. And yet, they couldn't find any corruption or neglect. Look at this. The administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I just want you to see, neither corrupt nor negligent. Corrupt means going over the line. Negligent means going under the line. See, when you're under pressure and you can't make things happen the way you need to, sometimes you go corrupt. You abuse things to get it, and you abuse people, and you abuse values and character to get it. And neglect is when you just say, forget it, and you don't do your work. You sit under pressure, and you, you see that? It's corrupt or neglect. It's, if, you were, if you were a cowboy on a horse, one is woe, and the other is giddy up. And all, listen, all day under pressure, you have the risk of going over the line or under the line. 
and you need someone to say, whoa, or giddy up. What if that's what Daniel did every day, three times a day, so that he could live under pressure? What if it was the spirit of God speaking to Daniel saying, whoa, whoa, don't go there. You'll regret this. Now giddy up, giddy up. You gotta get after this, this matters. What if it was prayer and the power and the presence and the wisdom and the help of the living God that made it possible for him to live under this kind of pressure? Huh, what if prayer was not the added pressure? What if prayer was how he was released from pressure? See, this is awakening. <laughs> what if... What if pressure, what if, what if pressure is how we get bent out of shape and prayer is how we get back in shape? Like scripture tells us that we, when we're forgiven through Jesus, the spirit of God will send us, we're transformed. Sometimes, just give me a moment. Sometimes, even when you take the pressure off, you're still bent out of shape. What if what God does for you is he just changes your makeup from the inside out and you become a scrub daddy? <laughs> How many of you have a scrub daddy? Bunch of us. We love this little scrub daddy. He's smiling. These things are pretty cool. You put it in cold water and it's hardening, scrape stuff off, and then warm water, it's soft, pliable. You know, when you put a scrub daddy under pressure... It gets bent out of shape, kind of loses its smile. What if this is happening to Daniel during the day, and then three times a day he prays, and when he prays, oh, watch. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside, he gets his smile back. What if you prayed three times a day in the midst of your pressure and maybe God doesn't remove the vice. He just changes you from the inside because you get the presence and the peace of God and you can have a smile in the world that cannot smile because you're just made up different from the inside out. Look, I know this is cheesy, but I need pictures and I think in pictures. I know you're going to be like, what'd you learn today at church? Scrub daddy. Let me read something I wrote in my journal for myself and then got to thinking just in the study of this that maybe I should read it. So I will. I write stuff that helps me in scripture and helps me personally. So here's what I wrote. God's never been in a vice. He's never been without almighty power, so all things shape to his sovereign will. He's never without all peace, so he works all things for his sovereign good. Therefore, God has never been confused, blindsided, at a loss, passive, depressed, anxious, weak, Joyless, purposeless, beaten or beaten down. He's never been oppressed, undone, fearful, selfish, unloving, uncaring, unholy, arrogant, passive, prideful, wrong, or almost right. His batting average is a thousand. His win-loss record is perfect. His PL report confirms he owns everything. God, our Heavenly Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit experiences no pressure and possesses all peace. Therefore, prayer is exchanging your pressure for his power and peace because prayer is not how you take control. It's how you surrender control to the God who is in control. Now, I write that stuff to myself. Yeah, I saw a couple of you like, yay, I agree with you. Like, yay, God, that that's true. 
What if, what if prayer, what if, what if we should all join Daniel? Three times a day, morning, afternoon, evening, however you find in your time, and get down on your knees. Why? Why did he get on his knees? He may not be physically able, it's fine, but why did he get on his knees? See, because all day in that culture, he had to bow to the king. See, when you bow to things in this world that tell you they're king, after a while, you start believing it. And if you don't correct it all throughout the day, you're going to end up bowing to the wrong things. You start bowing to materialism, thinking the government is in control and is going to solve it all. You start bowing to work, corrupted values, popularity, social media. Whatever gets you drawn in, maybe it was right here Daniel said, you are the only king to whom I bow in my heart three times a day. Give thanks with praise. Now acknowledge every good gift isn't by everybody else's hand but God's and give you praise, God, for who you are. Now help me. Look at the scripture. Look, 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 at what, look at what they discovered about Daniel. The men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for what? Help. I'm under pressure. Help. God, they're going to throw me in a lion's den. God, keep me out of the lion's den. God, keep, how many times, may, that may not be your words, but how many times have you had to say, oh, dear God, keep me out of the lion's den? Anyone, anyone ever have to do, you know, he's, and, and Daniel, oh, keep me out of the lion's den. And you know what God did? Let him go in the lion's den. See, the reason many of us don't pray is because we say, I asked God to get me out of a lion's den, and I ended up in it. Well, that's because there's something to learn in a lion's den. Or let me say it this way. Here's the third thing I think Daniel would let us know. Prayer did not keep him out of the lion's den. It put him in it. See, prayer did not keep him out of the lion's den. It put him in it. But he knew prayerlessness was the great risk. And the fear was not the lions. The reverence was God. And the way you manage pressure is not prayerlessness, but prayer. It's what releases pressure. So it, it doesn't listen. Prayer didn't interrupt his schedule. It was the center of his schedule. Well, in the last resort, it's the first thing he did. But yet prayer put him in the lion's den. Look at the scripture. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God, my God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. Yea, God. Yea, God. Yea, God. Yea, God. Listen, what Darius and Daniel discovered is even if he lets you fall into a lion's den, God can shut the mouths of the lions. See, you're not done praying when you get thrown into a lion's den. You keep praying because if he didn't keep you from the lion's den, he can keep you from the lions in the den. Always pray and never give up. God's doing his work. In fact, it wasn't Daniel that taught us this. It was Jesus. 
Look at Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up because your prayers are not in vain. You have a relationship with the living God. He's intimately involved with you. He's working on your behalf. Engage the living God. So what if, I said this near the start, what if one of the major ways God reveals himself to the world is by the way you handle pressure? What if God's revealed to the world by the way you handle pressure? Your testimony. What if it's less about the lions and more about God's power and God's peace in you? So let me close with one such story. The 12 Stone family, Daniel and Ashley Carr, just really sweet people here. And one 12 Stone dad wrote a, just a really interesting, insightful, and affirming comment about this couple and I want to read what this fellow dad wrote about them. But I want to set up the story. Yes, the guy's name is Daniel. Coincidentally, I kid you not. It just happens that way. Daniel is a drummer uh, at the central campus for their band. So here's a picture of him. Ashley, his wife, helps lead worship. Now they alternate kind of every other week thing because they have some unique um, family pressures. And then they keep smiling like a scrub daddy, which would only be possible through Jesus. Here's what's unique about the pressures and the vice that they are in. Here's a picture of their family, just beautiful family. And Jaden, the oldest who has cerebral palsy and is blind and has to be fed by a feeding tube. And he's presently in the hospital again some complications. And then Izzy, the, the middle, the beautiful daughter, who's the younger sister and older sister, Emery, the youngest, who has Down syndrome, and then back in this past February was diagnosed with leukemia. I mean, just at some point you say, are you kidding? We did a bunch of T-shirts, Emery's Army, <laughs> Hundreds of 12 stoners bought the t-shirts and just support and prayer and financial underwriting, just assisting. And all of this lands on their family and they handle this and they come out smiling. So this fellow friend and fellow dad and fellow 12 stoner wrote this about Daniel, the family. It's just worth a read. I've admired Daniel and Ashley's resolve to trust Jesus as they love their oldest son, Jaden. However, seeing them lead their youngest son, Emery, through leukemia has been nothing short of inspiring. Not only have they practically lived in the hospital since February, they they fight hard to pay close attention to their middle daughter, Izzy, through all of this craziness and somehow stay active on the worship team. At one point, Daniel was very candid with me about his confusion with why God allows it all. If we are honest, you know, we all get to that point with God under pressure, but Daniel is quick to lean into God, not away from God. Daniel is known for being the type of guy who lifts the room. He's loud and funny and full of life, but Daniel is also full of faith. And he said, well, actually he's a, he's a God. I don't know what you're doing, but I know you are good kind of guy. And while their three-year-old son faces chemo with leukemia, Ashley still leads worship with hands and voices raised to Jesus. Everyone sees 
Everyone who sees their life sees Jesus. What do people see when they see your life? Under pressure. One of the most influential writers on the subject of prayer for me is Hudson Taylor. And I'll just, a thought that inspires, it does not matter how great the pressure is. What really matters is where the pressure lies, whether it comes between you and God or whether it presses you near his heart. Listen, lion's dens are coming. In all our lives, it seems even in this country all the more. And prayer is how you engage the living God under pressure. Would you stand with me across the campuses? Can I invite us into a moment? Maybe we should all accept Daniel Day's challenge. So for the next seven days, if you're hearing this at a campus, if you're at 12 Stone Home, if you're online, maybe if you hear this later in the week, whenever you hear this prayer, maybe you would say, you know, for the next seven days, I'm going to pray three times a day. Maybe you want to start it right now. Maybe you start it right now. You don't, you don't have to join me in this. Some of you are physically, you're just, it's not physically, you're not physically able to kneel, but I'm going to kneel. Maybe, maybe wherever you are, home or at a campus, maybe you can. Maybe right here, right, maybe right here in the room. If there's, if there's enough room between seat and you, you're able to do it physically. You can just turn around and kneel. Maybe at any of the campuses, turn around and kneel. Just if, if that, wherever you can, we start it right now, but you don't have to. You don't, don't feel any obligation, but it might be meaningful to us right here. And maybe you just kneel in your heart. I know some of you are spiritually unresolved. You're, I'm not ready for this. It's all right. You can just hang in this moment. And you just begin, Lord, I'm kneeling before you. I'm going to go after this for the next seven days. I'm going to make my best God three times a day to kneel before you. And I kneel before you. And you just begin to tell him right now. Now you have your prayer. This isn't mine. This is yours. You just begin to start your prayer right now. God, I kneel before you. And I reject all other gods as kings in this world over my life. I surrender those to you. You are the only God. And as you do that, then you begin to move your prayer into God, thank you for every good thing. And you give thanks with praise. And then you begin to tell God, here are my pressures. Help me. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.